What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. This is the PFT PM Podcast. And now, your host, Mike Florio. Friday edition of the PFT PM Podcast. And we're back on NBC Sports Radio and NBCSN on Monday morning. But I wanted to get in one more hiatus version of PFT PM before everything is back up and running at its usual capacity. I know the website is beyond capacity. With the camps open, holdouts galore, more than it seems like we've had in recent years, plenty to track, plenty to cover, plenty to follow, plenty of storylines. We've actually got one storyline left in my countdown of the top 30 storylines for the 2019 season. I got to remember to write that up. I'll do that over the weekend. But come Monday... It is back to the grind. Not that it's a grind. It's not a job. I enjoy it. We just spend a lot of time doing it, especially when the alarm starts going off again at 5.20 a.m. Eastern. But I can't wait to get back to doing the show. I miss Sims. I miss stats. I miss the routine. And the routine will be back up in full swing next week. All right. Today, questions-only edition of PFTPM. There's 39 of them. And I'm just going to start rolling through one after another. And if at the end I realize there wasn't a question about a topic that I feel compelled to discuss, I'll, I'll add that in as the tail on the donkey before we wrap it up for the week. First question, and they get stacked because I follow the PFTPM Posse account. I get all of his before anyone else's, but let's go ahead and get into the, the several that were posted directly by PFT. PM Posse. Should teams be required by the CBA to be competitive in some ways beyond the 89% spending floor? For example, the Bengals and their comically understaffed, underfunded, if it even exists, scouting department or the Chargers and their lack of an analytics department. You know, I hate to say that's kind of a dumb question, PFT PM Posse, but I like you want to compel teams to do things that will make them better unrelated to requiring them to spend a certain amount of money on players. Teams aren't required to be competitive. Teams aren't required to try to be competitive. Teams can make a strategic decision to not spend money assuming that at the end of the day, it's just 11 on 11 and we're wasting money trying to make it more likely that we'll win than what we already put in to the product leads us to, if that makes any sense at all. And there's a chance it doesn't. I mean, for some teams, if they decide it's good enough to do what we're doing and everybody else that's spending all that extra money on analytics and large scouting staffs and supersized coaching staffs, they're crazy. They're wasting their money and unnecessarily eating into their profits. Then so be it. You know, I know that there are business reasons for teams, coaches, players, GMs, owners, etc., to always say we're trying to win the Super Bowl this year and every year. 
But as I've said before, anybody who actually identifies and defines success based on whether or not they're winning the Super Bowl every year is a failure. Even the Patriots, with their six Super Bowls in 18 years, two out of three years, they're failing. Success is determined for any business by how much money it makes. And football teams make a lot of money. But they don't want us to think of it as a business. So you're never going to hear an owner at a press conference or during an interview when asked if last year was successful say, well, you know, we made a shitload of money. So yes. They're always going to define success in terms of wins and losses in comparison to whatever the expectations or the hopes were. And ultimately the hope is to win the Super Bowl. But, you know, within that recognition that you're not going to win the Super Bowl every year or any year, are you getting better? Did your record exceed what you thought the maximum number of wins would be? But they're never going to put it in terms of dollars and cents, even though the bottom line is that's how they define success because they're making a ton of money. And they're all successful. If that's the standard, they're all highly successful and no one should be complaining about anything. PFTPM policy agents are now bitching about the way 49ers structure contracts, yet they still advise presumably their clients to sign. Shouldn't they have said no to the late date terms, negotiated them sooner. I think Jimmy G could have refused when he was traded. Well, Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't signed to his new contract right when he was traded. And he had no ability to agree or disagree to the trade itself. Now, quarterbacks typically need to be all in or it's hard to run your team the way you'd like to because the quarterback decides, you know what, I'm not showing up early. I'm not staying late. I'm not doing all that other stuff to try to inspire my teammates. I'm just going to do the bare minimum, punch the clock, and go home. It's hard to get your team to be as good as it can be. But for Garoppolo, the choices were simple. Take the long-term deal or sign the franchise tag. And that's what the 49ers would have done if he didn't accept the five-year, $27.5 million per year contract that he executed before the 2018 season. And the question becomes, are you going to say no when the 49ers are demanding a structure that gives them extra flexibility to decide whether or not to get rid of you? And number one, do the agents in that setting, do they want to blow up the deal because of it? Does the player want to blow up the deal because of it? You know, the player is always confident to the point of delusional. The player cannot envision at the time he's signing this gigantic contract a day when the team may not want him. But that day may come. And for Garoppolo, it can come before April 1. And because the deadline for the vesting of the next major chunk of guaranteed money from injury guarantee to full guarantee, because that's April 1, they have the power, the 49ers do, to look around. They have the luxury to consider trade partners, free agents, due diligence on potential draft picks at the quarterback position in the event that they're in striking distance to get one of the best prospects for the 2020 draft. They have a lot of flexibility before they have to make a decision on Garoppolo. And that is applied to all of their veteran contracts since Colin Kaepernick and maybe even before that. But I remember 
when Kaepernick's deal was done and the initial reports that were leaked to reporters who passed them along without any scrutiny or analysis, trumpeting this is the greatest contract that has ever been executed in any sport in the history of the world. Once we got the real terms and started picking around inside of them, that's when, among other things, the April 1 trigger for the vesting of guarantees showed that this wasn't as great of a deal as it was it was sold as. But what can you really do? If they're committed to it, what do you do? I'm surprised more teams don't do it. Why wouldn't you do it? Why wouldn't you get maximum flexibility? Why wouldn't you say, hey, this is it, take her to leave it? Because more often than not, they're going to take it and not leave it. Next question, PFT PM Posse. What's the problem with adding an extra bye week for all teams? It increases player rest, increases TV inventory for owners and broadcasters. More great games will be seen by viewers due to them spreading 256 games over 18 versus 17 weeks. What are we missing? My understanding is that the last time they had two buys, and it was the 1993 season, and that was a 28-team league. That was prior to the arrival of the Jaguars and the Panthers, prior to the arrival of the Texans, prior to the move of the Ravens and the resurrection of the Browns. So there were only 28 teams. I remember there was 26 teams when I first was an NFL fan. 1976, the Buccaneers and the Seahawks arrived, and there was no expansion of the league for 19 years. So the last time that there were two buys, there were only 28 teams, and I think it dilutes some of the weeks. I think that there's a chance that you're going to have some some blah weeks if you give everyone a second buy. Now, I think one of the potential solutions for this desire to expand the season is two buys plus a 17th game because that would nudge the Super Bowl to President's Day weekend, something the NFL would very much like to do. But with 32 teams now, you have to ask yourself, is it potentially too diluted? And I think what you can do is you, you can you can carefully select when those bye weeks happen. Will you, you drop a couple of big games that week, and and you get the buy. See, here's the problem: How long do the buys last? Right now, the buys are done for all NFL teams by around Thanksgiving. Last year, the Rams and the Chiefs were the last two teams to take a buy, and they took it Thanksgiving weekend. Usually, the weekend before Thanksgiving is the last week anyone takes a buy. Do you want to have fewer than 32 teams playing in December? Or do we want everybody? Then? How would you do the second buy? How would you get it all taken care of so you don't have teams off week 16, week 17, week 18, week 19? Remember for the few years that the NFL had 31 teams? When was that? That would have been 1991, or no, I'm sorry, 1999, 2000, 2001. Post-return of the Browns, pre-arrival of the Texans. There were 31 teams, so there was one team off every week of the year. That was your buy. One team. So one team had week one off and played 16 straight games. One team played 16 straight games and had week 17 off. There was one team that was always off every weekend. There had to be. There had to be. Because you could only play, right, 15 games. 
Now, I guess at some point there was more than one team. There would have been an odd number of teams off, but every team... No, wait a minute, wait a minute. I think the only way to do it in that scenario... I think the only way to make it work was to have one team and only one team off every week. I'd have to go back and look at it to see how that played out, but um, the the way the bye weeks would be constructed, when the bye weeks would happen, if you have two bye weeks, I think that would be part of the challenge as well. PFTP and Posse. One last one from him. The wife and I grilled plant-based burgers last night, and they taste nearly identical to cow-based burgers. Highly recommended you try Beyond Meat and Beyond Burger for a healthier alternative to red meat, or at least have it on the menu when Chris Sims and I come for the PFT Summit. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Here's what happened. I'll tell you the story. Right before our hiatus, Big Cat and I did a draft of sporting events to watch in the month of July, when football's nowhere to be seen, heard, discussed, whatever. And we talked about the Nathan's hot dog eating contest that they do every 4th of July. Big Cat did it three years ago. He got doused by fake blood by an animal rights group. And he said it was PETA, but apparently PETA reached out to him and said, it wasn't us, but we still would prefer that you that you not uh, you know, eat animal flesh. And they offered to send him some of this Beyond Burger beyond meat product and of course he gave them my address so i get a box one day and we get you know the thing this with amazon right every day you hear the big truck roll up the hill to the house multiple times a day how many boxes are we going to have out front or at the side of the house by five o'clock on any given day so one day i just happened to be opening the door and going outside when the fedex truck pulled up for the umpteenth time that week and there was a box and uh, he said yeah you know i got one for you here but but you're you're it's not your name it, i it's it says dan katz and i said oh that son of a bitch he 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 he, he had them send the the fake burgers to me and i cooked them and i liked them but here's the thing i i don't this is where we have to be very careful on what this whole plant alternative to meat really is i don't know that it's healthier the calorie content isn't any less i just think it's an alternative and the question is is it easier to produce it i thought it was good now the thing is if you put cheese for me it's cheese onion and tomato nothing else no condiments i want a bun i want a piece of cheese and I'll, I'll do them in half. You don't need the full piece. I don't need to have the cheese smothering the burger. Half a piece of cheese, onion, and a big thick slice of tomato. And I, you could put anything in there and it will taste good with that stuff wrapped around it. But I, I did think it was pretty good. I just don't know from a health standpoint whether it truly is quote unquote healthier than, than eating meat. I, I just, I don't know. But uh, I, I liked it. And... I, I, now, did I feel compelled to rush out and find it where I could buy it? No, I still get I still get regular meat, but I, I could see that yeah, I would I would eat that uh, again uh, if and when the opportunity arises. If Peta sends another box to Dan Katz at my address, I'll I'll eat it. A Red Zone Alk is any head coach under a bigger spotlight this season than Bill O'Brien? It's a very curious situation in Houston. Well, it is a curious situation. They don't have a general manager. O'Brien is essentially running the show. He took the team to the playoffs last year, winning the division title. 
And he's going to have his hands full this year trying to get back. Remember, they started slowly last year, turned it around, still won the division, but I think the Jaguars are better this year. The Colts are better this year. The Titans are capable of being a very dangerous team. I think the Texans are going to have a hard time, and you have to wonder what Cal McNair will do if there is a year or two of non-playoffs for the Houston Texans. It, it is a weird situation. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Andrew1TM, if PFT commenter is your internet son, Chris Sims is your internet blank? Question mark. I don't know, little brother. Although he's going to be 39 next month, 15 years younger than me, he would be an accident, right? If there's a gap that big, if there's a gap that big, something happened with mom and dad that wasn't expected. So he's my internet accidental little brother. He's my internet surprise little brother. Groom Matt. Let's see here. I wanted to read this one quick because I didn't know which way it was going to go. It's just a comment from Groom Matt, but it's a nice comment, so I'll go ahead and read it. Florio, your show, and specifically last Friday's show, is a perfect example of how people in media and entertainment can use their platform to share ideas on complex issues in appropriate, thoughtful, and empathetic ways. Thank you for sharing your critical thinking and positivity. I don't know what I did last Thursday, but you're welcome. Was it the Tyree Kill show? Is that all we talked about last Friday? But thank you. I appreciate it, Matt. And uh, we'll try to continue to do that. And, you know, I did a podcast today with Awful Announcing, and they asked me about what I like in a game analyst. And what I like in a game analyst is somebody who tells me what I saw in a way that is easily understandable. Because when you get caught up in jargon and complicated concepts, it alienates the audience. And I think that when it comes to especially legal or business concepts in football or, or football concepts, if you can explain it in a way that the average person can quickly understand and the light bulb can go off, then you're doing your job. So thank you for that, Matt. That's what we try to do. Tyler Bowen, if Melvin Gordon is still a holdout before week one, is he still worth a top draft pick, i.e. Bell, last year? You're talking about a draft pick for fantasy, I assume, or you're talking about a trade? Look, I... I... I don't know what's going on with Melvin Gordon. Somebody's giving him bad advice because Melvin Gordon is not Ezekiel Elliott. He's not Le'Veon Bell. He's not Saquon Barkley. He is not a special running back. And people freaked out a little bit today based upon what Philip Rivers said. And usually you want to stay away from that line. You don't want to say anything that could be characterized by anyone as getting between a teammate and his money. But when Philip Rivers says, hey, we love Melvin Gordon, but we're really deep at the position, he's he's right. So Melvin Gordon's gone. Austin Eckler steps up. We've seen that time and again. Now, an important point to keep in mind, and Peter Schaefer, I don't know if he mentioned this when he was on the podcast last week or he and I had a separate discussion about this concept. I think it came up in the podcast, but I think he and I have fleshed it out a little bit more because we argue about this back and forth. When you're Le'Veon Bell, you force that, that safety up into the box. You make it easier to throw the ball to Antonio Brown and whoever the other receivers are. When you're James Conner, are you forcing the safety up? Or is the safety helping with Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster? The running back who forces the opposing team to throw its 
game plan out the window and start from scratch. That's the special running back. How many guys really fall into that category? And does Melvin Gordon fall into that category? When they're getting ready to play the Raiders, do the Raiders say, oh, shit, here we go again with Melvin Gordon. How are we going to stop him? And Schaefer helped represent Barry Sanders back in the day, and that's the way it was with Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders struck fear in everyone. You had a separate defense for Barry Sanders because you were not going to let Barry Sanders beat you. You know, Bill Belichick always takes away what the other team does best, what the other team wants to do. When Bill Belichick is preparing a game plan for the Chargers, when he got ready to play in the playoffs last year, was it we have to take away Melvin Gordon or was it we have to take away Phillip Rivers? I, and, and this is hard for me to say because I love it when a player stands up to his team. I love it when someone tries to disrupt the status quo in the NFL. But I think Melvin Gordon's ever playing his hand. On tour forever. Because NFL teams view running backs as a disposable position, when will college players realize this and switch positions in order to have a longer shelf life and more money in the NFL? I think it has to happen before college. I think by college, it's too late. I think in high school, and see, here's what happens. Now, maybe it's changing as more and more young kids throw the ball. And I don't watch high school football or follow high school football that closely. But, you know, usually what happens with high school football is this. In in most markets, it's easier to coach a running game, right? It's harder to coach a passing game. It's harder to get all those moving parts. The player has to run the route and the quarterback has to throw the ball and he has to have the blocking and it has to work just right. For a running game, you just need somebody who can run the ball. And what happens is the best athlete ends up being the guy who's running the football. And so you get pigeonholed. That's your reward for being... The, the, the fastest, toughest guy when it's time to show up for football practice. They put you at a position that is, you know, a half step above kicker at the NFL level when it comes to the ability to replace the guy. So you've got all these guys who have spent their youth, high school, and college playing that position. I remember Ben Tate, who had a few decent years out of Auburn with the Houston Texans. He said at one point, if I had to do it all over again, I would have played safety. Now, look, some of the guys, like if you're 5'7", five, 5'8", five, what else are you going to do? 5'9", right? What, what, what was Barry Sanders going to do if he wasn't a running back? So for some body types, that's all you can do. And you also happen to be a special athlete within that 5'7", five, 5'8", five, 5'9", five, package. But once you start getting over 5'10", 5'11", 6 foot, maybe you're better off as a corner, a safety a receiver, put on the weight and be a linebacker. But, you know, the line, linebackers in kind of that same... Yeah, the, those are the guys, the linebackers and the running backs. The, the linebackers are the one causing the collision, the running backs are the one taking the collision. But I, I think that um, the, the best advice that an exceptional young athlete can get is don't play running back. Or play running back and develop your skills at defensive back. Develop your skill at... Uh, linebacker or 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 just play receiver but, but that's how do you develop as a receiver if you're playing at one of these many high school programs that just don't throw the ball very much there's a lot of high schools out there that never develop receivers because 
it's easier to just say, all right, best athlete's going to be the running back, and we're just going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And it's easy to coach, and uh, we're going to win football. And, it, and it's, you know, it's, look, it's the, every time we give the guy the ball, he gains 15 yards. So why would we do anything but give the guy the football? Sam Phelps, 21. Would you ever do a training camp tour? Maybe bring your internet son and Barstool Big Cat. I don't want to do a training camp tour. Here's why. And it's a very selfish reason. When football season starts, I get into the mode of travel every weekend, travel every weekend, travel every weekend. And it can take a lot out of you if you don't pace yourself. And I don't want to start that after having been away for two or three weeks from late July into early August. And I've been to training camp practices several different places, several different times over the years. And I know some people think it's great that you get a lot out of it. I I haven't gotten a lot out of it when I've gone. I think it's a little overhyped for me. It's just not my taste. It's not my flavor. And I can maintain the relationships I need to maintain by the way I currently do things. And I don't need to be there. Now, I look, last year we went to the to Vikings training camp for a day. It was fun. But I can't imagine traveling around city to city, town to town, training camp to training camp. I just can't. It's just not, you know, you have to know what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And that doesn't work for me. It's just not something I'm interested in doing. Peter King loves it. More power to him. Jake Laser loves it. More power to him. And the other side of it, too, is I do this, this show every day. The, the idea of having to find a spot to do a show constantly... Like, okay, where are we going to do it in Minnesota? Okay, where are we going to do it in Green Bay? Okay, where are we going to do it here? Where are we going to do it? It's, it? It just adds an extra layer of stress. And then you get into time zones like the 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 West Coast and your show's on from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. So anyway, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe I should do it at some point. Maybe I will at some point. But I kind of like the way things are right now. And I kind of like, I kind of like getting myself ready for the season by having a busy product. And that's the other side of it too. We're constantly generating content. Like I woke up this morning at about quarter to six and I thought, well, I may as well go in and get to work. And I think I got like a dozen stories posted today. If I was at someone's training camp, what would I have? What, what would I have been doing? How productive would I have been all day? And then at the end of the day, what I have is a collection of, of insights and information, most of which is already out there anyway. So there's a premium in this day and age and being in a position to, to grab information, process information, post information, and go on to the next one, and go on to the next one, and go on to the next one. And you need to be, for me, at the base of operations in order to get that done. On tour forever, do you expect we'll have a prolonged holdout for Ezekiel Elliott and Michael Thomas? Which team will cave first to their demands? My understanding is that Michael Thomas and the Saints are close. Now, close and done are two different things. Ezekiel Elliott... Apparently, Jerry Jones is talking about Ezekiel Elliott as I speak now. You will have seen and heard what what was said about Zeke. Shereen Williams is out there in Oxnard, and she says she is going to be posting something on what uh, Jerry Jones had to say. That'll be posted at PFT. I'll probably talk about that a little bit because it'll be up by the time that we that we uh, we end up wrapping this thing up. I, I don't know what's going to happen with Zeke. I think they need to pay Zeke. They thought they were going to get away with waiting until next year at the earliest. And to his credit, and I remember when Zeke showed up for the offseason program. People were like, oh, well, I guess he's okay with his contract. Well, okay, we'll see if he shows up for training camp. You can show up for all of the offseason program, and then you can say, hey, see you later. I'm not showing up for training camp. 
which he's done. I heard he was making plans to leave the country. We'll see if he leaves the country. I don't know that I would do that. If they're talking and making progress, I would want to at least be close enough that I can get to camp quickly and get to work. And maybe that's just something that was leaked to squeeze the Cowboys into talking. Because apparently, I've seen reports they are talking. The question is, how much will the Cowboys give Zeke? Will they give him a deal better than Todd Gurley's? And remember, Todd Gurley's deal had some structural components to it that made it a great deal. $34.5 million was fully guaranteed by March of this year. Another $10.5 million becomes fully guaranteed by next March unless they cut him. A lot of the guaranteed money has no offset. Amazing. Great, great deal. A deal the Rams would never do now after what happened with Todd Gurley's knee last year. That's what the Cowboys want to avoid. They don't want to assume that injury risk and the millions of dollars that go along with it. And they saw what happened in their own division last year with Alex Smith. All the money that Washington gave him in injury guarantee. You know, usually all that matters is the full guarantee because the injury guarantee, yeah, that never, yeah. With Alex Smith, it's happened. They're going to be paying him a load of money this year and next year in injury guarantee because of what happened to his leg. And if anybody is going to have a serious catastrophic injury that requires every penny of that injury guarantee to be paid, it's going to be a running back. So I don't know how long either one is going to last. I saw and heard enough to think the Ezekiel Elliott holdout was coming. Everyone was blindsided by the Michael Thomas holdout. But the bottom line is they're out and it's going to take something to get them to show up. And I think both guys are good enough and important enough to their teams that the teams need to get those guys to show up and get those guys signed and make them an offer that they can't refuse. And remember, the teams have going for them the reality that the salary cap's going to go up, more TV money is going to flow in, which is going to make the salary cap go up even more. Legalized gambling is going to generate revenue opportunities for every team. You could do a deal now that looks like a big deal. And if you get the guy to do a five-year extension, or in Zeke's case, a four-year extension, you get him signed through 2024. I see more and more guys signing through 2024. The more that's happening, right, the more teams are going to be in a position where those last three years of the deal, it's a pretty damn good deal for them. And, And in some cases, it may be so good of a deal that the player gets pissed off. Gigi McDonald asks, any updates or thoughts on the CBA negotiations? They're due to meet on Monday, July the 29th, and most of the players who would be there as members of the NFLPA Executive Committee will be at training camp, which changes the dynamics. It streamlines things. You know, when you're in negotiations that could turn contentious, the fewer personalities in the room the lesser the chance there's going to be an explosion. And I really think last Wednesday when they got together for three days of meetings and they pulled the plug during day one and announced that everything is just going great. It's just great. Everything's great, but we're not going to take advantage of the next two days and build on the momentum and try to get a deal done. I think what's going on, and I've said this before, mom and dad are trying to not fight in front of the kids and we're the kids. Media and fans are the kids. And I think mom and dad realize Nothing positive comes from fighting in front of the kids. They want to keep the acrimony quiet. They want to keep it to themselves. And they want to work through it. There will be acrimony. How can you do a multi-billion dollar deal like this? And 
if you hear the word extension, anytime you hear the word extension in this context, remember, if they really wanted to do an extension, it would be easy. You just take the last deal, you change the dates, and you sign it for another 10 years. This isn't an extension. This is a negotiation, a renegotiation. The NFL is going to want some things that it doesn't have in the current deal. The NFLPA is going to want some things it doesn't have, and it's all going to come down to money. Money's the key. How they carve up the pie and how much off the top the NFL gets to take for stadium credits. Those are the two big issues. Everything else is just details. Also, you know, at some point I could see the NFL making the players an offer they can't refuse for 18 games, but they, they got to work through their basic issues before they get to the luxury of trying to to expand the regular season from 16 to 18 games. Dustin Miller, what is your all-time favorite training camp media trope? I've always liked the 35-year-old vet is in the best shape of his life headlines that pop up this time of year. Yes, everyone is in the best shape of his life. It's amazing. They're all in the best shape of their life. And they're all going to win the Super Bowl. They're all going to the playoffs. They're all winning the Super Bowl. This is the... I called it the delusion season the other day. That's what it is. This is that time of year where you have no opponents and you will have no opponents in games that count for weeks. You know, somebody asked earlier this week, what kind of a train wreck is Hard Knocks going to be with the Raiders? Or why should it be a train wreck? It would be a train wreck if they were embedded with the Raiders weeks one through five of the regular season, potentially a train wreck. If, if you can't find a way to feel good about your team when your one loss record from a regular season perspective remains zero and zero, if you can't find a way to squeeze some hope out of that, then you got a problem. You're in the wrong business. Another question from Gigi McDonough. If you could watch a game with one coach and have them give you insight, who would you pick? Without question, Bill Belichick. Without question. You know, I... I I criticize Belichick from time to time because I I think that we're all robbed of what a great teacher he could be about his team, about his thoughts, but he strikes the balance between protecting his team and helping football fans and media understand the game by always zealously guarding his team. And I respect that. Sometimes it's a little over the top. Sometimes he's a little disrespectful to the people asking him questions or roll his eyes or just kind of mutter. You know, I've, I've said before that he's like a bad ventriloquist who tries to make words come out of his vocal cords without moving his, his, his lips. But I, I think that it would be great to, to, to get him watching a game where he's got no strategic interest in limiting what he would say to me. But just, hey, look, what, look at what they're doing here, and look at how they're covering the receiver, and I can't believe what they're doing with the guy in the slot. And see, watch. You see before the snap, watch what the safety does. He, he, you know, he's, he, he's, he's trying to make him think that he's, he's, uh, he's covering in zone, but he's actually, he's actually got the tight end man for man every play. I mean, just sh- stuff like that, that that most people would have to see by studying all 11 I, I think Bill Belichick could spot it on the TV copy live and tell you exactly what's going on. And, and it, it would be fun to just sit and listen to him. 
Another one from Gigi McDonald. What are your thoughts on Tomlin's extension? Could he actually be on the hot seat this season? Well, his contract was a one-year extension. He signed through 2021. That's three years. Now, it was a little unclear yesterday. He was asked whether or not there's an option year. I assume the option year would be 2022. Look, here's the bottom line. There's no salary cap for coaches. If you decide that you don't want to keep your coach and you're willing to pay him not to be your coach, then you say, see you later. It happens all the time. And also remember, sometimes extensions aren't what they seem. And sometimes that extension was done for PR reasons. So there isn't speculation about the coach being on the hot seat. And who knows what's in the fine print of that contract? Who knows whether or not there's an enhanced financial consequence if and when the Steelers decide to move on. I think there is real value in getting people to not put Mike Tomlin on the hot seat. And is it ludicrous to think that this contract extension was aimed at shouting down preemptively anyone who would say maybe he's on the hot seat? Dean Osborne, 42, just finished reading Nicholas Pileggi's Goodfellas book, formerly titled Wise Guys. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Thanks for the recommendation. You're welcome. That's That, that was the most fun book that I've read all year. And I've been trying to read a lot. And I really enjoy nonfiction now. I used to hate nonfiction. I read two novels the week we were at the beach. Michael Crichton's Prey, which I thought was good, not great. I thought it had a, a ton of potential, but it, it, it just, it, it had a, it just, I don't know. It didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. And somebody recommended Backlash by... Brad Thor, is that his name? And I, it's part of a series. I, I didn't know anything about it. I thought it it was compelling at first, but it just got so predictable, and the characters were so two-dimensional. I mean, I, I, how, I, look, I, you know, all I know is what I, what I find interesting. And, and you would think that, you know, if it's a good book, it's a good movie. It, it just, I, I just, I feel like maybe some of these writers that have success they just kind of go on autopilot and you don't have, maybe they don't have anybody pushing them. Like, why do we really need to push them to write something better? If everything they, they write at this point sells, no matter what, wouldn't it be great to be at that point where you just keep doing the same thing and people keep buying it. I, I just, I was disappointed by it. Ultimately, it was very predictable. There weren't a lot of unexpected twists and turns. I mean, you know, it's supposed to be a page turner and, you know, there, there was this melodramatic tone at the end of each chapter to get you go to the next chapter. I, I, I get all that, but I was disappointed by it. I'm really enjoying the Area 51 book. I'm trudging through it. It's kind of thick. Uh, I'm, I'm about halfway through it. I want to work on that some more this weekend. It's kind of hard to find time now that camps are open. I've been reading 1776, I'm, and that is thick as well, especially when they quote from writings from the time because they they spoke in a very different way than than we speak now they wrote in a very different way than we write now running with the devil the van halen book was was much better than i thought it was going to be so it's it's been i i enjoy reading you know if i ever would retire i don't think i ever will retire because what what i retire from i would just read all the time i really enjoy reading and i and Anytime any of you have a good book recommendation, just shout it at me on Twitter. And uh, it, yeah, but I I want something that I cannot put down. Where I it's like I really don't want to read any more of it now because I want the the 
the joy. You know, you know, when you're reading a really good book, when you have a really good book that you like, you don't want to read it all the time. You want it to last for a week. I ripped through Wise Guy in three days. And even then I tried to force myself to, you know, go easy. Don't, don't, don't sit down and read the whole thing. You want to have more days where you're caught up in, you know, this book that you really enjoy. So I'm looking for another one like that. I don't have one like that right now. Area 51 I enjoy, but it, it's, it takes, it's, it's like reading textbook. And 1776 is kind of like that too. Or maybe I'm just dumb, which uh, is entirely possible. V Andrus 13, I like a 17-game schedule with two bye weeks, two preseason games, and two added wildcard teams per conference for an extra week of playoffs. The extra game would be a neutral site versus the opposite division that finished in the same ranking. What do you think? Here's the thing about the new. The problem is going to be with that extra game. If you do 17, how do you pick that extra team? Because, you know, one thought is, well, it would be the Steelers and the Eagles play each other every year. Well, because of the natural rotation of the schedule, they play each other every four years anyway. So, you know, I, I think that I think it just would be something that would that would come down to the creativity of the schedule makers every year in finding beyond that normal schedule of the 16 teams you're going to play anyway, where do you come up with that extra game? And didn't didn't we didn't we have the discussion about if they go to 18, what would you do? And my ultimate suggestion was you play games against because you're playing four teams from one division in the other conference so there's three other divisions you play two of the other first place teams from the other conference so it's if they go to 18 it's two interconference games against division champs and if you're second place you play two teams who finished second in divisions from the other conference third place you play two third place teams, fourth place to play two fourth place teams. And I guess for 17, they would come up with a similar rotation. It would just be one division. I think that's the only way to do it because you are going to see that geographic rival, you know, when the Rams were in, uh, it wouldn't make sense. Wouldn't it make sense for the Giants and the Jets to play every year? There's got to be a way they could work that out where the Giants and Jets just play every year. Steelers and Eagles play every year. And then in the years where they were going to play anyway, you come up with some other alternative, some other approach. Jaguars and Buccaneers play every year, or Buccaneers and Dolphins play every year. Who would the Dolphin? Who would be the Dolphin? That, that's the other thing that gets weird. Like the geographic rivalries have their limits. What do you do beyond that? Anyway, n- neat ideas, and I appreciate the the input and the thoughts. I don't know about ex- expanding the postseason. And I don't think it adds an extra week to the postseason to do that. You don't need to add an extra week to the postseason. You just have more teams play in the wild card round. But what the NFL would like to do, again, is get the Super Bowl to President's Day weekend. The way to do that would be 17 regular season games and two bye weeks, or 18 regular season games and everybody has one bye. Dean Osborne, 42, regarding the story about Adrian Peterson being broke, how in the world... Does anyone be naive enough to blow $100 million? Yeah, I look, here's the thing. When, when the great football coach in the sky hands out talents to people and you get an extreme degree of talent in one area, other areas may get neglected. And a lot of guys who are supremely gifted athletes, all of them at the end of the day, and look how smart, that's the thing, when... When you are dominant, 
And for a guy like Adrian Peterson, I can only imagine how dominant he was growing up. When it becomes obvious that this is how you're going to make your living. And and also when when you're you know, you know, you know how it works. When when you're the best football player around, people expect less from you in the classroom. You get a pass on a lot of things. You don't have to do you're, you're the cool guy that that gets the, the all the breaks when it comes to uh you know, the grades that get applied to your official record at college. Do you really have to show up for all those classes or is the tutor going to make sure that you keep your 2-0? And, and, uh, and I just, I, and also when you're all about football all the time and that's all you do, how much do you really learn about business? How much sophistication do you have in those matters? And a lot of these guys are getting a ton of money when they are very young. I can't imagine if I was 20, if I had gotten a ridiculous amount of money at 21 or 22, I guarantee you, I would have been YOLO, FOMO, whatever the phrase is. I would have spent it all for a a, a significant chunk of my life. When I would get money, I would spend it because I didn't have it much. And when I had it, I wanted to spend it. I wanted to have that fun of spending it. I remember one time when I turned like 11 or 12, somebody sent me $5 for my birthday. Well, I snatched the $5 out of the card. My mom wasn't home. I took my buddies up to the, uh, the, the drugstore where they had the old, uh, uh, soda, you know, they had the counter where you could get, uh, uh, cherry Cokes and milkshakes and candy and all that stuff. And I spent, and, and me, me, me and my buddies went on a sugar bender. It was great. And I didn't have any left when I was done and I didn't care. It was worth it. So I can only imagine I'd be buying cars for people I barely know. I, I, I know how it works, man, because you're young. You're young, and a lot of guys who find themselves in that situation didn't have a whole lot of money. I mean, I was as lower middle class as you could be, man. If you had given me a seven-figure check, holy crap, the stuff I would have bought. So I, I understand how it happens, and I feel bad for for Adrian Peterson, and and uh, here's hoping that uh, I don't I don't know what he can do at this point to undo the damage. He can't do anything. But you know, it's another reason to keep playing football as long as he possibly can. And and maybe that's what ultimately will propel him past Emmett Smith on the all-time rushing record list to put him into number one. He has no choice but to keep playing. He needs the money. Vandress 13, what do you think about cutting rookie deals down to three years and making a fourth-year option based on a player's production? Look, I, I, it's one of the things that maybe the NFL is going to have to offer to get to 18. Three years to the market. And maybe not even a fourth-year option. Just three years before players are eligible for free agency. Steph Boyardee, favorite holiday food to eat not during the holiday? Stuffing. Although I never get it. Nobody ever makes it. Also, my wife makes a pumpkin cake. Only on Thanksgiving and Christmas, sometimes Easter. I'd kind of like her to make that more frequently. You just kind of forget about it. Isn't that weird? You just kind of forget. It's like, why why do we restrict ourselves to only having these meals with those specific ingredients a couple times? It's good. Is it good because we don't have it all the time? If we had it all the time, would we say this isn't good? I don't know. Tyler Furness, you should make it out to the Minnesota State Fair for a live spot with PA. I'd uh, make sure I could be there to buy you a Pronto Pup. I don't know what a Pronto Pup is, but uh, okay. Another one from Tyler Fornes. What 
is your beer of choice and on tour forever ads also important what's your take on sour beers i don't know anything about sour beers here's the thing i am not a beer connoisseur i've i've learned a lot about wines and there's certain wines i really like and i'm starting to develop somewhat of a sophisticated palate when it comes to wine i'm i'm a long way from being an official sommelier like lebron james but with beer i don't i i i you know i i've got um in my basement a kegerator that has as of right now it's got shock top and mick ultra and i just like mick ultra it's it's easy to drink it doesn't have that really strong taste to it that like an ipa would have i don't like that that you know i remember when i was a kid six seven years old dad's got a beer oh i want to try it and of course they let you try it then and you realize how awful it is and you you don't want it it's great and it was like strohs or something like that and it was like oh my god how do you drink that and that that stayed with me for i don't know 10 12 years carried me until i was almost 18 i don't think i drank until i was 17 back when the drinking age was 18 but uh yeah it took me a long time to like the taste of beer but when I, when I go out to the grill, I'll, I'll stop by that kegerator and I'll, I'll pour a glass of Ultra and maybe I'll go back and get a second one. And uh, that's my go-to, I guess. All right. Uh, on tour forever. Any chance we see some new PFT merch this season? I'd say the chances of it are low, although every once in a while I, I nudge the process. I nudge and it never goes anywhere. Dean Osborne, 42. Name all or any of the 49ers players who sing backing vocals on Hip to Be Square by Huey Lewis and the News. Dean, sorry, can't do it. Can't do it. Raymond Robbie, 95. Thoughts on the NFL 2K series ever returning? I think as long as EA is paying a huge premium to have the exclusive license, it won't happen. It's been 15 years since the, the last 2K game, the one with Terrell Owens on the cover. I dusted out dusted off or dusted out an old uh, Xbox and tried to play that game a few years ago. The Xbox eventually crapped out or the game crapped out. And, and it, it was a good game. It was a fun game. Um, but, I, but I really enjoy Madden now. I've got, I've got my own code for the new one. I need to download it so I can try the new one out. Um, so, uh, yeah, I've been playing for like, I think it was 14. Was that the... I, I'd been buying Madden every year, but I just like, I didn't like it. But I discovered the Ultimate Team a few years ago, and I realized that I can play, and I can get my exercise. And the only and, and I've told you this before, but I'm telling you, if you if you and everybody needs cardiovascular exercise, get yourself and spend. If you if you really think that you will do it, get yourself a nice gym quality bike. That they're not as expensive as you would think. They're expensive. But don't don't go buy some $150 thing at Sears. Get a nice bike, and 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 it's not that hard to to ride the bike and and play Madden. And I'll do that an, an hour a day, every day that I'm here. The only days I miss obviously is when I'm traveling. But every day I'm here, I I do it and I enjoy it. And I keep hoping that every version of Madden is good enough that I I still enjoy it because I, or otherwise I'd have to find a different video game to play because I need something that. I, I used to do it with the soccer game. I haven't played the soccer game in years. The soccer game got too realistic and too hard, and it just drove me crazy. So I've gotten away from that. But uh, whatever video game it is, it's a great way to get your exercise in. You get a good workout. You get a good sweat in. And then you can go eat a bunch of pizza after that. What else do we have here? Pete Dog 79 how many primetime games do you see the Vikings winning this year? More than last year, because they don't have one until... 
week eight, Thursday night at home against Washington. So I, I think we're going to know whether or not the Vikings are any good by the time they ever have to play a, a primetime game. And uh, they'll have seven games, I think, before then. They don't have their bye until after week eight. And then it's Cowboys, it's uh, Packers. I, I don't know if they have a Bears game in prime time, but I, I think that I think they'll, I think the Vikings are going to overachieve this weekend. I really, or this year rather, I really do. What else do we have? Alex Dunlap, NFL. If you had to put a percentage chance on the players holding out for some period of the 2021 season due to ongoing CBA negotiations, what would it be? I, I look, I, I have no idea. I, I think that that the the strike of 1987 failed so badly for the players that that the players are always going to try to get the best deal they can without having to miss game checks. And I know the NFLPA currently is advising players to save money. I saw there was a recent suggestion that they should rent out rooms on Airbnb. Uh, I don't care how much money they save. They still are not going to want to, and I wouldn't want to forego the opportunity to get that giant check every week and also forego the opportunity to do what I love, and that's play football. I, I think that, that they have to accept that from the player's perspective, the ultimate weapon in the labor relations arsenal just isn't available to them. It's available to the owners. It's not available to them, period. Can I have the Madden PS4 code? That's 321JChris. You know what? I... I, I I asked for people to make their case as to why I should give it to them. Now, you didn't say please, but I just kind of like how, how blunt he is. And he waited for the right time to do it. He called his shot. Can I have the Madden 20 PS4 code? That's Jeremy with his... Uh, it's not, oh, it's it's Antonio Brown jersey. Somebody drinking a light beer with the crying Jordan face. All right, fine. Uh, uh, Jeremy, I'll, uh, I'll send you the PS4 code. Uh, there's just something about the way that he went about it. Breath, you Rams. Have you had a chance to analyze Todd Gurley's walk into the team facility yet? Curious what your thoughts are on them. Are you being sarcastic? I mean, it, look. Todd Gurley's knee is not what it was. Todd Gurley is not the player he used to be. And, um, you know, Rams fans can either get upset about it or they can accept it. But uh, they, they wouldn't have held him out of off-season workouts if the guy's perfectly fine. And he's not going to be the workhorse that he once was. And, and you know what? Maybe, maybe, maybe he'll have some magical cure. Maybe Mr. Miyagi's going to come and clap and rub his hands together and, and lay hands on the knee like he did with uh, Daniel. What was Daniel's last name? LaRusso? Was it LaRusso or LaRusso? Or was it just Russo? Was it Daniel LaRussa? Daniel LaRussa, Daniel LaRusso, Daniel Russo. It's one of those three. I think it was LaRussa like Tony. Daniel LaRussa. I have to look that up. I probably won't. Logren TZ on a football Sunday. Which do you prefer with your wings, Rancher Blue Cheese? I don't have wings on football Sunday. and and uh, uh, But I have wings sometimes on Monday or Thursday night. I don't like to dip them in anything. I think a good wing doesn't need that. Jameis Trop, why are you so terrible? Thank you. I don't know. I, I don't know, but thank you for asking your question. Shane, 649-13378, so you have no material, so you're only taking questions. Sounds like a lazy way to do a show. Well, we've been going for an hour, so it works. C-Deal QB8, how does Corey Coleman's injury affect how you're going to draft your fantasy team? All right, Big Cat, I know that's 
See, they, they, they only ask me on pardon my take during football season. I don't know why that is. But when they do, they ask me about They find a way to get me to say something about my fantasy team, even though they don't care about my fantasy team. And Big Cat had a great way to do it last year. He did it on the fly, and he freaked out Hank and PFT commenter. He he said that it was a sponsored question from Buffalo Wild Wings or FanDuel or something like that about fantasy football. So I answered it, and it was like, no, nah, we don't give a shit. That was, that, 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 that's what they get me to say something about my fantasy team so they can say we don't give a shit. So uh, I have a feeling that'll be happening at some point in the not-too-distant future. All right, that's it. Let me just... Oh, let, let's see Let's see what Jerry said about, uh, about Ezekiel Elliott, and I'll give you my instant analysis. Although, here it is. Uh, the Cowboys have negotiated with Ezekiel Elliott's representation. Stephen Jones confirmed at the team's opening press conference on Friday. But those negotiations apparently haven't advanced to the star running back's liking. Elliott officially became a holdout when he missed physicals and the conditioning test Friday morning. He's late, Jerry Jones said. We have reported. This is a business to them. It is their livelihood, Stephen Jones said. It does no good to give daily updates. Certainly, we'll be working behind the scenes. We feel optimistic. These things usually work themselves out. Jason Garrett, the coach of the team, said, we expect all our players to be here. Zeke has been a good player for us the last three years. This is the business of the NFL that happens. Our focus is on the guys who are here. That's what coaches always say about holdouts. And remember, if you hear anybody like Bill Polian or any other cranky uh, get-off-my-lawn type saying the player has a contract that he has to honor, there are two contracts that are relevant here. The contract between the player and his team and the contract between the NFLPA and the league. And that broader contract gives the player rights. It gives the player the right to hold out if he's willing to incur the fine and if the team ultimately decides to impose the fine. So you're not in breach of your contract. You are exercising your right to stay away, and you have the right to do it as long as you are willing to incur the fine. So Ezekiel Elliott is fully within his rights to hold out even though he is under contract and I am far more sympathetic to a guy who has a contract that he was never able to negotiate in the first place this was a slotted deal that he had to take take it or leave it when when players have a contract that they signed in free agency and they're not happy with it I have less sympathy but even then if a guy wants to take a stand take a stand I'm all in favor of a guy taking a stand, except when I think maybe he's overplaying his hand like Melvin Gordon is. So it's a case-by-case situation. But uh, Ezekiel Elliott is doing the smart thing. He's doing the right thing for him, and the Cowboys would be wise to pay him. And it's very smart for Elliott to take that stand because he could be Todd Gurley next year. And, of course, that's why the Cowboys may be reluctant. They don't want to pay a guy who may be Todd Gurley next year and have that knee issue that keeps him from being a workhorse running back. All right, that's it. For Friday's edition of PFTPM. We are back on Monday with PFT Live. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to a full weekend of posting content at profootballtalk.com. There is so much going on. We hope that you, we know when you're not working, you're less inclined to visit non work websites. You defer that, that time to your, the breaks that you take every five minutes while you're working. But, but throw us some page views over the weekend. Show us you're out there. Show us you care about what we have to say and what's going on in the NFL. And before you know it, Hall of Fame game coming up, preseason slate, regular season getting started. We'll be there every step of the way. Thanks, as always, for some of your time. We'll talk to you again soon. 
You can find the PFTPM podcast on Art19, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you like what you hear, and you will, subscribe for automatic downloads. Leave a rating and review. That'll help new listeners find our show and push us up the charts. Search PFTPM for your evening update from Pro Football Talk. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.